ذاتكم كان Welcome to the second season of Think Arctic, an award-winning podcast powered by GCI that explores the issues facing the Arctic and its stakeholders. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Holly Noland. In this episode, we're at the Alaska Federation of Natives Conference in Anchorage, where we speak to Chibak Alaska native Roy Atchak about life in the rural village. Thank you for joining us, Roy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll point out I'm not claiming anybody or representing anybody. I'm just representing Rock and Roy J. Atsik myself. I'm from Chibak, which is out on the coast. And, you know, maybe in terms of air miles, it would be about four or 500 miles from here. So that's quite a ways. Chivak is pretty remote. How does someone travel between Chivak and a hub like Anchorage? Well, you know, if there were trains, I'd get, I'd, maybe I'd give, take a ride to the trains, but we have to go from Bessel, from Chivak to Bessel in a small plane, then from Bessel to Anchorage in a jet plane or air, bigger than a small plane or those twin props, you know, like Raven or Alaska. Those are the only types of ways to get here at this point. It'd be cool if we could, you know, go from one point to one point another way, but this is the only way of going from here to there. So Chivak is off the road system. Does that mean it's not connected to any highways? No, we have no highways, and even from Bessel, Chivak to Bessel, there are no highways. So the only way you can get there is by a hovercraft, boat, or airplane. Airplane is the most efficient way at this point. How long have you been in Chivak? Well, off and on, you know, I've been there for years and years, and, you know, in two or three months, I'll be 60 years old. You can you can tell I've lived there for years, besides the times when I went to school here, Vessel and Fairbanks. What are some of the challenges in a rural community like Chivak? Well, you know, first of all, jobs are not that many within us. Like in any small villages, the jobs are not... If you go to Anchorage or Fairbanks or Bethel, you try to fill in an application with any of the potential employers, you'd be, I don't know, two or three hundred people applying for the same job. But if you go to a village, you know, you, you might be out of 10 or 12 or 5. So jobs are not that many, so you would have to you know, have good education, good background. And I think the good work ethic comes from doing your chores when you're young. Because when you're young and doing chores, your work ethics go to any kind of work. And the most important is to get education in the first place. And, you know, it's kind of in a way that if you go to a big village, or Anchorage a big village, that's a big village. You know, we don't have, you know, where, you, where a youth or someone young can go to a, a somebody's lawn and mow their lawn or newspaper paper. And But in a village, it's different. You know, you don't have those opportunities. So that's one of the, you know, the barriers that we have, you know, that exposure of many jobs, like as opposed to Anchorage, Fairbanks, or June, or anywhere for that matter. How have you seen things like the introduction of the internet impact jobs in your community? 
Well, you know, you'd have to go a step back because in those days, you know, we only had CBs and VHF, which is the only method of communication. And back then in Chivac, we only had one phone. Now imagine if the whole community used the one phone, but nowadays we have phones everywhere. You know, we have internet, we have cable, so many ways of communicating. And with this internet, you can just type in a Google anything and find out whatever you want at this day and age. So we progressed so much. When you think about that, only one phone in the village, out of maybe three or four hundred people using that one phone. Now imagine, everywhere you go, everybody has a phone in their pocket, in their purse, and so it's progressed so much to this point. Have you seen that increase in connectivity impact healthcare? Well, you know, way back then, when I was growing up, we didn't have so much healthcare, you know, because we, and we were healthy, because we were living off the land, and land is, you know, when you go to a farm, maybe, let's say, for example, a chicken farm, you can see a billions and billions of chickens in there, you know, the way that they're raised and the way that they're prepared for to be out in the market as opposed to nature because nature has a lots of lots of fish, birds and you know it's nature is, it keeps you healthy. You know because it's not it wasn't raised in the farm because it's in these tributaries and rivers and and if you live off the land from the from the ground up it, it's okay. When you get sick in Chivac, how do you see a doctor? Well, you know we're fortunate that nowadays we have health states in our villages. Otherwise, I'd have to go to Bethel. If you don't have Medicare or insurance, I have to pay my own way. And it costs like about 500 bucks just from Chivac to Bethel and back to Chivac. That's a lot of money. And if I have to go here, that's another maybe a 500 to 800 to a thousand dollars just to get here. So. But we're fortunate that we have the sub-regional clinics within, like in Chivac, we have our sub-regional clinics in Hooper Bay, so we just stay 17 miles away by snow machine or by boat, so we progressed a long ways from then. What is education like in Chivac? Well, you know, way back then, when we were, when we were growing up, we had BIA school, Bureau of Indian Affairs, and some of these, not, not me, but you know, the ones that are kind of older than me that had to be moved from the villages to low 48 or somewhere into a boarding school back then. And I, I kind of went to a boarding school in a sense to St. Mary's Mission. I went there for two years. And But nowadays we have this single school district in our, in our area. We do have our own school district, which is a standalone school district. But when you talk about the Yukon, Delta, because they have these school districts. So, but with this internet nowadays, you know, you can just about learn anything online, even take online courses. So we progressed tremendously from back then. But you know, it's kind of sad nowadays we have phones, internet, whereas we're, we're starting to lose that, you know, that luxury of having books back then or listening to stories, so, you know, it's, 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 a good, it's a good and a bad thing in a sense. With technology having such an impact on youth culture, how do you ensure Native culture is preserved? Well, you know, 
How does the internet impact your day-to-day life? Well, you know, back then, remember I was talking about we had VHF and CBs that, you know, that's a, not that we had this ham radios back, maybe they did back then, but not a whole lot of them. But with this internet, you can Skype, you can, you know, chat online, you can video, video talk. It's, it's, it's so, you know, too much into the future, but at the same time, it's better to talk in one-on-one because that's a more, it has a more feeling to it, you know. It has, but with this internet, there are so many things that are, that comes along with it that are good and bad. How about public safety? Has connectivity made an impact there? Well, you know, it'd be cool if we have these phones nowadays where you could chat or text using the satellite, you know, which back then you had this VHF or, or you tell your family where you're going. You know, it'd be one more step, I think it'd be better if these phones had some way of connecting to, to the satellite that way they can find these people that are lost in the storm or stranded out there in the boat somewhere. You know, that'd be cool if they had some way because uh, we're, we're in this technology where to a point where a satellite can maybe does right now maybe I'm not aware of where it can identify that phone and this is where, because you know when you go so far away you, your cell signal is no longer there. Let's talk about the subsistence lifestyle. What is that like and why is it so important to you? You know, I, I grew up in a camp and we used to go out by dock team, which nowadays we use snow machine boats to do that. You know, if you think about going on a dock team springtime, that's the best time of the year because you can hear ptarmigans and birds. And So I grew up in the subsistence lifestyle. And it's, if you compare native food versus the non-native food, I think I would prefer native food because it keeps me healthy. At the same time, if you had a chicken soup, it can keep you healthy too. Because some of these native food that we have have protein as well. So you can live in both worlds nowadays and stay healthy at the same time. You used to be in radio. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was volunteer for my radio handle was Rockin' Roy. Rocking Roy, 
you know, rock and roll aspect. So I was a, I volunteered for 10 years for KCUK, 88.1 FM Now they can go with the internet, they can access them online, you know, which is really cool. So I volunteered for 10 years, and when I moved to Bessel, I volunteered another two or three more years. I think volunteering is a key to any kind of radio station because at this day and age, the money is not there like it used to be. So if you want to be a volunteer, check your local radio station or wherever you are. Radio must have been one of the primary forms of communication and entertainment among the villages in your region, right? Right. You know, because back then we used to listen to radio stations and that's how we get our news and weather. Even nowadays we or or listen to music or uh, sometimes you can get sort of like a Tarmgan telegram or you know if you're out there they send you a message that you need to go home or you need to check in with us or want to see how you so there's no such thing as a radio telegram with a radio station. Other than seeing an increase in connectivity what other changes have you witnessed? Well, you know, with this global warming nowadays, it's not like how it used to be about 30, 40 years ago, because right about this time of the year, it's really cold. The rivers are frozen, the lakes are frozen. Back then, we used to go ice skating about this time of the year. And, you know, we don't nowadays. We're still out boating past November 10 or 11. And so I think this global warming is really affecting us. You know, even our subsistence lifestyle might be affected. So, you know, back then we used to have houses that are covered with snow. Nowadays we get a lot of this wind from the, like Japan or China that that warms instead of from the north, like back then when we used to get a lot of snow and our our houses are covered with snow. Nowadays we don't see that. Is there anything we haven't discussed that you'd like our listeners to know? Just speak in Chupik because our language and culture is very important. And even though we have internet, even though we have phones, read a book. Because if you don't read a book, how are you going to learn something? I know with the internet nowadays we have, there's so much information. Some of it is good, some of it is bad. And, you know, because if you use it the right way, the internet can be to your advantage. And the other thing is to, you know, if you want to have a good job, do your chores young, because it'll, it'll give you a good work ethic. At the same time, go through your three hours in high school, because those are the same thing when you go to college, trade school, they're going to follow you, because education is important, because Without education, this day and age, because if I have a 20 right here versus a fish, I think I'd rather have the fish because the fish would last longer than the 20. By the time I walk out from this spot right here, I spend the 20 somewhere, but that fish will always be there. Reserve our natural resources, reserve our fish, our culture, our heritage, because if we don't reserve our you know, preserve our culture and heritage. It's it's gonna we're gonna lose it. But I'm I'm glad to see that nowadays we do have the younger generation that are still practicing the Yuwaking Eskimo dancing program. And I want to see I want to see more of 
you know, our younger generation speaking more, but it starts with the parents at home. Because if the parents are talking to them in English all the time, you know, how are they going to learn their language? And, and this duplicate immersion is a very important portion of our school system nowadays. I think that's, that's well set the way it is. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining us, Roy. And thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Think Arctic. You can find our regular podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spreaker. And if you enjoy what you hear, please like, review, and share our podcast. Until next time. Uh,